Hello friends, before we get started on this next amazing episode, I just wanted to give a short shout out to our team at MetalCloak, the group that makes this podcast possible. From engineering to production, from marketing to sales, from accounting to HR, every member of the MetalCloak family works diligently every day to bring some of the world's best products to the off-road enthusiast. Designed, engineered, proven, MetalCloak. That is not just a clever cadence written by me, but a true statement of what we do every day and why we truly appreciate each and every one of you. If you are looking for something for your Jeep, Ram, Bronco, or Toyota, give us a try. We are here to help. And now, on to another amazing episode of the Modern Jeeper Show. It just seems like they're a lot happier. It turns out it is a hobby. (laughs) It is a hobby, yeah. Hobby is just a few letters away from happy. That's it. That's it. I that I that's just right. I just thought of that. I'm gonna put it on a little bumper sticker. The Modern Jeeper Show, the show about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers. <laughs> Hello, Modern Jeepers. Welcome to episode number 59 of the Modern Jeeper Show, the show about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers. We hope all of you are well and safe in this crazy world we are currently experiencing. This week's episode is a jobber spotlight, where we are joined by a Jeep builder from across the country. This week, we are joined by Brad Wilkins of Overbuilt Customs in Jacksonville, Florida. Brad shares how we got started doing full restorations, taking care of customers, Jeep Beach versus Jeep Toberfest, keeping busy in these unprecedented times, ramping back up after we flatten the curve, the American Super Jeep Challenge, why he loves boat shows, how America will be stronger, and why you shouldn't wheel at night in Johnson Valley. And of course, we have our tech tip of the week. This week is all about how to buy a used Jeep what to watch out for, and why buying a used build is sometimes buying someone else's problem. As always, we are extremely grateful to our supporters, including Warren Winches, Raceline Wheels, Best Top, Milestar Tires, Rugged Radios, KMS Adventure Rack Systems, and of course, Metal Cloak. So, sit back, relax the cold one, and enjoy episode number 59 of the Modern Jeeper Show. Well, hey, Modern Jeepers is another episode of the Modern Jeeper Show, and I think we're going to be doing this extension of craziness because it's here, me, Matson with Metal Cloak, and Mr. Modern Jeeper, Corey Osborne. Hey, Matson. And of course, rock star Jeep girl, Jesse. Hey, Matson. How you doing, Jesse? I'm excellent today. Yeah, you know, what's weather like in Corey or in uh, Colorado these days? What's the weather like in Corey these days? In Corey's world, yeah. <laughs> Let's see weather like in Corey's I world. I can put shorts on today because I'm willing the weather to be nice today. Nice. We are nice. we are hoping for 60. Um, it, it We need it. I, I mean, 66. it's... Yeah, if we can get above 60, that'd be great. But we're supposed to get snow tomorrow, so... <laughs> More snow? Yeah, it's like snow, sunshine, snow, sunshine. It's really weird. So it's kind of weird for me because I've been looking at the weather. It's been very cold here. It's kind of sunny today, but it's been very cold here. And maybe it's just the world we're in right now, but I keep not expecting it. Like it's been and for us, very cold has been the 60s. It's been in the 50s and 60s the last week or two. Um, And for and I, I just keep looking at it. Why does it just keep extending, extending? And maybe it's just my lack of memory, it's getting old that I am, that this is the way it normally is, but it just it doesn't seem normal. 
Well, and it's odd. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, it's we're recording this. It's April 1st, so it's April Fool's Day. And I fully expected to wake up today and have the world be somewhat back to normal, including the weather. (laughs) Like Um, the whole thing, this whole last month has just been one giant April Fool's joke. Absolutely. Like I was going to wake up and it was going to be like, no, 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 we were just playing. Um, And our weather keeps doing that same thing. So I, but you know, here we are drill. Yeah, I wish. (laughs) Well, you know, it has been interesting. You mentioned that it is April fool's day when we're recording this and you've seen a couple of April fool's jokes out there so far. And I was, I was surprised. I wasn't sure that how many people would actually try to do an April fool's joke. um, Well, and and I, and I think there were people, there were some people that were kind of um, doing the whole, Really, we're going to do that at this time. Um, but I think that it's also important for people to to see the lighter side and and maybe open their mind a little bit. You know, now that Jeep released the two door JT, um, that'll be coming. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's been some shenanigans today that's pretty much lifted my spirits because I'll just sit and laugh <laughs> and laugh. I love my well, friends. <laughs> Well, that's good. That's good. And it is, it is important to have some, some good times, you know, and I, and the, the number of companies that have been doing just in general, not just in our industry, but around, you know, around the world and all the different industries, different companies that are trying to do things like provide on their website games for playing at home and, and little things to occupy yourself while you're staying in place. I think it's been pretty good. And And so it's important to remember that it is good to bring out that brevity and to, to have positive stuff. And you've been working on that on the modernjeeper.com website, Corey, with um, some articles that are really kind of focusing on the positive side of, of the Jeep world. Yeah. You know, like I said, we've, and you and I have had these conversations in the past couple of weeks of how do we, how do you stay positive? And we all agree that it's very important. It's amazing to me at how different things are all the way across our, our country. And, and without, you know, you and I have had those political conversations about what, who's doing what and whose responsibility and all that kind of thing. It's weird to look at a map of the United States right now and go, wow, these people aren't under any kind of a stay at home, shelter in place order. This state is, this state isn't. But I think we all, as as Jeepers, we, we all want to return to normalcy and Focusing on our lifestyle and travels and adventures, that's those things that we've always looked forward to. And I think by you just keep, you, you, we'll get through this together. We've we've heard that over and over now on, on TV and, and social media, but it's, it's, sometimes it's hard and you got to kind of have that lighter side so you don't get bummed out. Right, right. Well, and it is, it's part of the you know, we still have a joy in life. We have still have a joy in living and we still live in one of the greatest countries in the world. We still live in one of the greatest times in history. You got to think about how many people here at Metal Cloak, we have, you know, a good portion of our office staff are all working from home because technology allows it now. And that, that's pretty amazing right. that we, I was telling the phlebotomist this morning when I was getting some blood taken over at Quest that um, we were talking about things. I think just think about the fact that had this happened, you know, 10 years ago, 10 years ago, the technology, you know, wasn't as dynamic to allow people to be so easily work from home. It was there, but it wasn't so ubiquitous. It wasn't so available. 
and um, and now it is. So it's almost like the timing for this was perfect. And maybe that you know, played into the decisions by some of the politicians that were like, hey, you know, we're going to do this, but technology allows it to happen easier. So it's okay to shut things down versus 2009 when H1N1 was going through and we didn't do that. You know, I, I agree. And I, I think that um, technology is definitely, you know, I'm I'm pretty excited this week. I'm now into the 20th century. Um, we actually went from Verizon's uh, LTE speed here at the house for home internet, which I was around 1.8 megabits a second, which I know people that have fiber are in the thousands. Um, but we went from 1.8 to 15 and it changed how I'm able to do things at the house. But I also have to, I'll be the devil's advocate. And I look at the other side and you hear these stories of kids and families that, that they don't have internet access. Why would they? Like, who's going to pay for that? And they don't have devices to access the internet. So there's some of these kids that are having to homeschool and whatnot, it's like, okay, now what about them? How do we bring them into this? You know, all of us, we're, we're pretty technologically savvy, I guess, um, and I, I think there's a whole bunch of people out there that just, they don't, they don't go on, you know, my dad doesn't go online and look up a website of a company. If he's going to order something, he just calls them or, you know, you see an ad on TV or something like that. They don't, there's a lot of people that don't use the computer and that's, that's kind of an interesting thing right now. Well, it was, it was an interesting um, phenomena when we had medical going and we have customers call and say, Hey, you know, what's your email address? And the guy's like, I don't have one, you know, and that's the right. primary method of setting up an account and it's like well no i don't have an i don't use email but you got to think and i have to say maybe those kids are better off maybe those people that aren't on the internet and social networking and everything else and haven't gotten addicted and sucked into the abyss are better off than the rest of us you know it's it's, there's there's something about it i would admit as a as a father with uh with two young boys that seem to be incredibly calm and incredibly quiet and incredibly self-focused when they're sitting with their little Amazon fire pads in the corner and watching whatever they watch. And it's so, it's so easy to hand it to them and go here, just go in a corner. And like suddenly the house is quiet and suddenly there's nothing to clean up and suddenly the cats aren't being chased. Right. So it's so easy to, to dip to that versus the, Oh, you know, take away the pads let's actually be interactive and let's actually do something with our kids. Let's do something with our friends. The problem now with this stay in place is we're all being you know isolated. So it's, you know, you go walk around the block, but then you have to like wave at the neighbor across the, the street. Right. And right. of course you don't have any neighbors. So. No, we just yeah. run from them when we see them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My wife was walking the kids yesterday through, uh, down the street and there were some people standing there and, she couldn't really get around them the way the cars were set up and they kind of stood she stopped because she's she's immunocompromised and she stopped and like excuse me can you can you move out of the way for me please and they kind of looked at her and finally one person dawned on them like oh <laughs> step back yeah you know, so our whole social game is going to be changing well I, I heard a report this morning they were talking about one of the uh, aircraft carriers that's over in guam and they've got some cases of the virus on the ship and because of social distancing and CDC guidelines, the, the the captain of the ship was kind of like, you know, we can't do that. 
just the nature of where they're at, they don't have that kind of space. So right. to try and get away from each other is almost impossible. And I, I hadn't really thought about it that way, especially living out where we live in the country. Even going to the grocery store, I've noticed, you know, people are pretty good about staying, yeah, six, 10 feet away. We don't try to crowd anybody. Um, but in a big city like New York or even areas where our, our guest uh, lives and works, I mean, I'm guessing that it's it's pretty challenging to to stay away from people. Yeah, well, especially I mean, in in some places, that's what in New York City, like you said, with uh, with L.A. with these big cities, San Francisco, you know, trying to do anything, and even if all you're doing is going shopping, because you know, here, I, sure, I'm going to hop in my car, I'm going to drive down to Raley's, I'm going to buy what I need. Raley's is huge, you know. They, you know, it's, I'm not going to have any problems staying away from people. I hop back into the car, I drive home. New York, you get, you walk down, your, you know, you, you go down the stairs of your apartment or you, or your right. elevator and you go out the front door and you have to walk down the street to the little market. And, you know, and it's like you pass a thousand people in two blocks. <laughs> right? Exactly. So it, it's, it, you just don't have the same capacity. It's like I said before, though, now we have, you look at Tokyo, right? Tokyo is 30 million people in four square miles. You, it's impossible. Um, and yet because of their built in social distancing, which comes from thousands of years of feuding and that sort of thing, you know, you didn't reach out and touch somebody's hand. You, you know, it could get cut off. <laughs> so you, right. you, uh, it was the bowing and that was all the deferential treatment. Well, not touching is a big thing. So it was, and it's totally okay over there to do that. And so they didn't have the big outbreak. Now, what they do have is is these trains that get absolutely packed full of people like sardines. So I imagine they're not doing that right now. I mean, they literally have conductors at each door of the trains to shove the people in as they're lining. They're trying to get in to go to work. That They're literally, it's like, imagine shoving in all that rice into a Tupperware container and just, sh- and, and, and closing the lid. That's what it's like with these trains in Japan. Aye, and aye. now if you're smart, the train has 10 cars. The first four cars are like sardines. If you take your time and you walk back to the last car, there's nobody in it. <laughs> That's just wrong. So, you know, well, and I, and I don't want to be the, I don't want to be the the downer. And I know we have a lot of Jeep friends out in the, all over the country that are out and they are doing their social distancing part by staying away from events. But I know that there's also been some gatherings where people are going out and they're jeeping with their friends. I, and I, I would just, I just have to say it. So I, it makes me feel better that that's, that's still an issue. And the reason that some of these things, it, it's not to protect ourselves so much, but if we continue to go, say we went on a Jeep run with 10 of our best buddies and we all stayed in our own rigs, what happens if something goes wrong? What if they need help? What if they get stuck? What if they get hurt? We're all going to need fuel. We're going to need additional food. So there's more exposure opportunities. And I get it. People have argued, well, you know, we're we're doing our thing. We're staying apart. Well, but you're also using resources. And if something were to go wrong, you're using those resources for the wrong reasons. So you're such just, a downer. I know, but you gotta admit, you gotta, you gotta think that like out here we have, uh, you know, it's called reach now and it's the big, you know, helicopter for rescuing people up in the mountains. They're kind of bored. There's nothing to do. So you might as well give them something to do. <laughs> That's what I say. Yeah. You know, get out there and, and play a little bit. And, 
but it is important. <laughs> it is important. You're out there wheeling. If you are going to go out, go in a small group. If you are going to go out, you know, be safe. Don't be stupid. If you are going to go out, don't go by yourself because we all know that that's a, that's never a recipe for disaster. But, you know, otherwise, take your time, put your rig, you know, either go to a, a, a shop like our upcoming guest has and, uh, and, and use, you know, maybe use your stimulus money to, to build up your Jeep a little bit oh, no. or, or come around and, uh, and, and do some, like we say, we have a big thing on our website right now called wrench in place. You know, it's like, it's time to wrench in place. It's time to do work. It's time to, to get that rig. It's time to look it up because you know, and I know as soon as all this stuff blows over, you're going to be itching to get out on the trail and it's going to be go time. It's going to be Absolutely. time to get some, might as well make sure your rig is ready to go. Absolutely. So, Hey, Matson, who do we have on today? We have Brad Wilkins from Overbuilt Customs. Now, Brad, we've known Brad. Gosh, Corey, when did we first um, meet Brad? This I, I stopped out at his place, and usually it always works out well because it's always around when we're out there for Jeep Beach Week. Um, and I stopped at Overbuilt at his shop. Oh, I don't know. It's probably been four years, I guess, at least, was the first time we, we stopped. And, uh, you know, it's kind of kind of cool because when I first met him, he had a lot of really unique builds in his shop. And we started talking and I said, you know what? I don't understand. You know, where did your business come from really? And he goes, well, you know, I spent a lot of time at boat shows and I kind of was taken aback. And I'm like, I don't, I don't understand. What do you mean you get, you get your Jeep business from boat shows? And he said, yeah, absolutely. Our customers all park their boats eventually at, at a dock somewhere and then they go and they get in their Jeeps and all these guys compete with how cool their Jeeps are. And it kind of made a lot of sense to me. And, and, uh, he's, Brad's probably really upset that I shared his secret. Um, <laughs> it's great but, marketing uh, secret. No. Yeah. I remember Brad came up to me for the first time and, uh, at, at, it was, again, yeah, it was a Jeep beach and I was in a little 10 by 10 booth. And I think I was sharing it under like, uh, at Jeepers Den area or something. And, and uh, introduced himself, and and he, and he's the one who in, came to us and said, "Hey, I want to have the CTI trailer at my spot." And we've done it what four times, something like that. Wow. Well, Brad, welcome to the Modern Jeeper Show. Hey, pleasure to be there. Be here. Be on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, so helpful for you to come on. You know, one of the things about the Modern Jeeper Show we like to do is bring people from different parts of the jeeping world, right? And and right. um, metal cloak authorized installers like yourself or, or, or builders like yourself are a huge part of that because you're on the front lines, right? You're, you're out there and you see what's happening so much. And, and so I thought it'd be great to bring you on. Um, we could talk a lot about your personal history and, and how you got into the whole thing. And also like what you're seeing out there, what sense you're getting from, from the people. So thanks for show, joining the show. Excellent. So no, not a problem. So yeah, so we were, we were talking about that. And you heard us talking about like how we first met you because you came up to me um, in the booth and introduced yourself and was like, "Hey, you know, love to kind of do something and and maybe bring the CTI trailer up or or do something like that." And it was a great idea, and we hadn't even thought about it. And and then Corey was able to make it work. Oh, absolutely, Corey, great guy. Um, I think it was like five years ago, the first time we did it. And I believe it was we went we did it for three or four consecutive years after Jeep Beach. And, yeah. uh, customers loved it. We loved it. Um, it was uh, it was definitely a good time. And uh, um, 
everybody really appreciate being able to, you know, to not have to drive down to Daytona if they didn't have to, or if they couldn't make it and they could come to the shop and, and, and flex the suspension and, uh, see how it did. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, definitely been a, a, a fun road working with, with, with you, Matt, and, and, uh, and then meeting you, Corey, um, the product, uh, I've, uh, I've enjoyed selling it. Um, great stuff. I can't say enough good about it. Uh, you know, it's always, it's, it's always cool after number one brand that we sell. It's always cool after Jeep beach. Cause there's so many people that, um, go to that event and then they never do get on the trailer. So, uh, stopping it at Brad's shop always turned into a lot of people leaving Daytona and, and driving up the coast a bit and, and seeing him at his shop, which is kind of good exposure for him too. So now it's worked out really well. Why? Well, that's what I yeah, found. We've always had a, had a pretty good crowd and, uh, and it was always just enough because uh, any more people they wouldn't be able to hop on the trailer. Yeah, well, right, I, right. Well, that's what I always found interesting. That was my biggest like concern. Like, well, we just did like all these people because you know Jeep Beach is jam packed, and there's, you know, we to the point that we just we get as many rigs as we can through in the time allotted, and yet we're going to go up there still in Florida to another place, and 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 there's still going to be interest, you know. And this is especially this is coming back from five years ago when this was still a novel idea right and i i had only done it once and and cory had just taken over doing it across country and and it was still i was still blown away by how many people showed up even that first time yep yeah it's that, uh, pretty remarkable jeep beach is pretty remarkable i i w- i uh was one of the first vendors i have a little placard on the wall and it was from uh 2006 and we had to set up in the vendor area which was basically just me and one other person and we actually watched it was at a uh, a little municipal park and from 2006 to now it is incredible that event uh how it just blew up um it's uh pretty remarkable yeah it is and it's it just the the amazing part of it and i and i think uh larry our, our, who's been on our show a couple of times larry mccray went poison spider wasn't poison spider like one of the big real like brand names that that came out there so like in the early days when you were were. There, yeah it was like just he was one of the early guys to come out there and say hey this is gonna be something big yep yep they were i think they were like two years after maybe 2007 or eight um i believe the first year they did it at daytona was i think it was 2000 eight i believe if i remember right and, probably 2009 because uh, that's the year that he he really took he took over the company in 2009 same year that we we started our stuff okay yeah i'm off a little on, on my years it's <laughs> it's not that far away but they kind of stack up yeah they you know it's the age thing lose, yeah right <laughs> yeah you lose your hair and you lose your mind <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah yeah it, i think i i don't remember exactly um I remember 2010 was a very big year because a lot of the even more Cali companies came out. Um, I remember uh, Evo was out. Uh, there was a bunch of them, and it blew everybody away because you just didn't see those folks coming out, you know, to our coast. And Brad, did, uh, did it's you really have the business then? The game. Yeah, I started the business in 2005, and um, and with the with the we just wanted to do restorations. And and it was working pretty well up until about '08 when the recession hit. And then it was like, hey, we gotta gotta do other things as well. And that's when we started doing repairs and 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 newer vehicles and so on. But um, 
but definitely 2010, I think, was a huge year for Jeep Beach. Um, it was, uh, uh, and it was a lot of fun then too. It was, uh, it's still fun now. It was just different. Um, a lot of serious rigs, uh, and then of course the vendors and so on. But it was, so, it's definitely been a, been a fun ride. Well, and that it was you know, it in 2010. Now, did they do? When did they move to the Daytona Speedway? Was that always been there, or when did they actually move over there? No, I think. I'm not exactly sure on the dates, but I believe it was 09. I think it was okay. the first year of the Speedway. Um, and then uh, before that, it was, a, it was a small municipal park that was right on the water uh, on the um, basically the, the intercoastal. And uh, it was it was small. <laughs> and they, <laughs> they did a trail ride, and they had a show and shine and a very small vendor area. And... Um, and it was it was a pretty good time, but it was nothing, not even remotely close to what it is now. Wow! It's uh, yeah, it's pretty 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 wild. And then uh, Jeep Toberfest, that's another good one, and that's in October, and uh, and there are a lot of I wouldn't say as many vendors come out, but it's probably a prettier. Uh, the the speedway is cool, but but uh, you're everything's built up the obstacle courses are all built up where the the ocala um jeeptoberfest is a little more natural they have it in the woods they still build a course but it's um and they do a a fairly extreme one as well but it's just it's a little different a little the weather's a little different and of course the the venue is a a little more natural not so much uh the big concrete speedway (laughs) but is that is that one older because it doesn't jeeptoberfest been around longer yeah, that one's been around. Uh, I don't know the actual age of it, but it they've both been around for a while. But I believe the Jeeptoberfest is put on by the Ocala Jeep Club, and that one I believe is a bit is 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 I'm not sure how much older, but it is a little bit older, I believe. Interesting. Cool. Well, well, I think that, that this October, you. this ahead, October is going to be a real. Uh, interesting time because of the events that have been canceled and rescheduled, and people trying to juggle around. I have a feeling. As we come out the other side of this, um, the fall this year for our industry is going to be, well, it's going to be interesting. It will be. And it'll also be interesting to see who actually like and then embraces it. Like right. after going at several, you know, a few months without out events are then everybody. Because I know in some companies are actually laying off the teams that were responsible for events. Right. And so are they then going to bring them immediately back on or is there going to be a ramp up period and are the events going to have as many people at them? It's going to be interesting to see because it's, it's, it is a tough nut to then just go and say, Hey, we're going to have this event back or we've moved it or now we're doing it in the fall and expect the same um, amount of interest to be there. It's, it's going to be tough one way or the other. For sure. I think people being pent up in their houses for, for, for this long, I think when they finally get the green light, they might not be well organized events, but there's going to be a lot of them. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of them. <laughs> well, and Brad, well, you yeah. had said that you've you've stayed pretty busy. When I talked to you yesterday, you said you know things are things are going strong. Amazingly, and uh, I guess it's a godsend. But yeah, we've been. I don't. I don't want to say just as busy, but it's been every day. We're getting phone calls, people dropping off. We're trying to be uh, cautious how they drop off and, and, and 
trying to, to instill the guys to wear gloves, you know, just try to really protect yourself. Um, but yeah, we've been, we've been very busy and it's not just the little jobs. We've actually got a couple big ones. Um, uh, LJ with the LS3 with the Nutrimic 40, TR4050 job. Um, nice big number job. And the guy sent the check yesterday, which wow. blows me away that people are, are, are actually doing that. And, and I've ordered our, our lift kit wheel and tire business says it's dropped off, uh, but it's still there. And we actually were doing a medical install next week for a kit that we received, I believe it was yesterday or day before. And then we just also did a uh, full belly skid plate on a JK um, yesterday. Uh, it, yeah, it's been, uh, that's good. It's been busy, and uh, I, don't, I, I don't understand it, but I don't want to either, I guess. <laughs> don't, don't question a gift horse. Don't question a gift horse. Yeah, that's, you know that, that It runs away. So well, enough of, let's let's talk about your 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 history, Brad, because you, you said you started um, back in 05 or whatever to just doing restorations. Was, but let's, let's go back. When you were doing restorations, was that just – uh, was that on Jeeps or was that just like any vehicles or like, you know, hot rods? What were you, what were you restoring? Uh, Jeeps, mainly like the CJs. Uh, we okay. would do like the sevens and scramblers and so on. And, uh, and that's, that's where I, I really love the old Jeeps. When I was a little kid, like four or five years old, my dream was to have a flat fender, uh, like an old World War II Jeep. And I, I got one, but it, I never really finished it. And then when I turned 16, my dad, awesome, awesome dad. He got me a year-old uh, J10 Golden Eagle with a 401. It was a, a used truck, and uh, he worked it out. We were in the in the boat business, and he worked it out with a customer of his, and it was awesome. Never give a 16-year-old a truck like that. Uh, three years later, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, three years later, it was a, it it still looked good, but it yeah it needed uh, needed some love. Um, and then, uh, always, always loved Jeeps. And then in 05, uh, I decided to, to make it a, a livelihood and, uh, and start doing the restorations. And, and, uh, and we used to wheel quite a bit. We would go to Teleco and, uh, and when we, we would get done with some of the bigger builds, we would drive them up there, wheel for the, for about three or four days and then drive back. And, uh, just to show that they weren't like trailer queens. And plus, it's always fun to have an adventure, mm. and uh, and that was a lot of fun. And trying to talk customers into letting you drive the rig from Jacksonville to North Carolina was sometimes interesting, but uh, but uh, they rarely said no, which was pretty cool. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. And then, um, but we we've definitely uh. uh uh, 05, 06, 07 was a lot, was, was, were great years. Uh, we were building up and, and, uh, we were doing probably about four restorations a year, uh, bigger ones. And then, uh, and then the recession hit and then it, that all dropped off quite a bit. And we started just doing, uh, lift wheels, tires, general repairs on Jeeps, try to stick with the Jeep brand. We work on some other four wheel drives. We do a little bit of Toyota work. Um, and then uh, some other, you know, brands, but but the mainly is the main focus are Jeeps, and uh, and definitely have a lot of fun doing it. Started out myself, and I had a helper that would help occasionally, and now we employ five people, 
and um, I just got my son on board, and uh, it's wow, a lot of fun. Cool. He loves it. Yeah, trying to trying to keep it a. Uh, I don't know if it's in the family, but um, all my my employees are like family. Uh, my longest running employees, he's been ten years. Uh, another gentleman has worked off and on uh, for about about the same period of time, maybe a little bit longer. And he came full time uh, three years ago, so he's full time. And then another gentleman that works for me, he he runs the body shop, and he he's been with us for now for for six years. So um, we don't have a lot of turnover. And uh, my wife, she runs the office, and uh, and my son's the helper. And uh, we have a we have a lot of fun. It's a, it's a, it's a good time. If uh, even even in bad times, there could be worse things. Um, you could be sitting behind a desk, or you could be stuck at home now. Um, at least we're out of the house. We're we're considered essential, so we can we can keep our business operating, uh, which is nice. Um, and uh, it's been it's it's been good. Well, that's nice. well, I know that stopping at your shop has always been, you know, I'm, I'm Madsen likes to, to beat me up pretty good. So after leaving Jeep beach and then stopping at your shop, <laughs> um, you know, I'm always, you like okay. it, Corey, you like I, it. I, I do, I do. <laughs> but you know what? You always have a food truck out there. Your family is always super supportive. All of the, the folks that you do business with, it's, it's a good group of people and it's always so comfortable you know, I go to a lot of places where, and, and it's warm where you're at. I'm not used to that, you know, the, the heat and the right. humidity and, and uh, trying to stay out of the sun. It's hot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, you guys have always made it very comfortable and, and it's always a, a refreshing place to, to make a stop and see everyone too. Well, I appreciate that. That's one thing we really try to try to do. Nowadays with the internet, one bad experience a customer has and you're going to feel it. They're going to give you a bad review. They're going to tell other people. So we go out of our way to make sure when people, you know, when, when they come to our shop that one way or another, they're going to leave happy. If we, if we make a mistake, we're going to, we're going to take care of it. We're not going to try to hide it from the customer. We're going to fix it. Um, we try not to make mistakes. Everybody, they're, you're human, a, a product fails or whatever. Um, we've always tried to make sure the customer is is treated like number one and it's working and and they they come back again and again they bring their friends uh and the funny thing is and, and and you guys know this as well typically a family they don't have just one jeep if they buy one jeep that's the first one they're going to buy there's going to be more and uh and a lot of our customers they have three or four jeeps everybody in the family has a jeep it's it's it's, it's the wildest thing uh it's funny how other um uh, people look, they don't understand the Jeep business, and they're like, how do you make a living just working on Jeeps? And <laughs> all you say is, just, you just don't understand. <laughs> it's, it's a Jeep it, thing. It's the craziest thing, <laughs> you know? And, and uh, you guys know, what I'm, Corey, you have a Jeep. Your dad has a Jeep. Um, your girl has a Jeep. Matt, I'm sure you have at least one, probably two, three Jeeps. <laughs> well, according to my kids, the three Jeeps I have all belong to them, so... <laughs> <laughs> exactly right right so um my son drives a jeep my other son drives a, a jeep um i have like i think three my wife drives a jeep it's it's a ball this is a probably the the uh the best job i've ever had 
it's um definitely uh it's it's fun and the customers that we have are that's the other thing about the jeep community you work on cars and it's just a car it breaks down they're mad you know they they maybe argue about the bill with the jeep it's a part of the family so there's not really much argument um and typically it's it's like uh uh they're good friend he uh he's in the hospital and he, he and whatever it takes and there's no insurance <laughs> <Fix it. laughs> right um yeah it's 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 definitely uh what a you know and i just keep hope you know i hope that it it, it continues um i've i've only watched it you know from the little bit of, you know i've been open since 05 and just watched the growth and it was busy then but when they came out with the four door jeep it just opened the market up and blew up and 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 you know look at it now it's uh and well, from talking... what i understand people are all oh, i'm sorry well, I was just I was thinking about um talking about the Jeeps that you own and and your Jeeps in your own fleet. Um I just got to see you recently in February and that was what you had uh, brought out the Midnight Scrambler. Yeah, the the Midnight Scrambler was a, was a was a, a very fun build. I can't thank Matson enough. Um super successful. He uh we 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 used the LJ long arm kit. Uh Masson hooked hooked us up with the uh, the fenders. Um, it's an it's an incredible Jeep. We took it out to to King of the Hammers, and we built that Jeep in five and a half weeks initially. Oh and, wow! And uh, frame up, um, paint everything, and uh, uh, the guys were very dedicated. We we added an hour in the morning and an hour in the evening to our schedule, and then we worked this very few Saturdays. I think towards the end we we came in for a half a day on Saturday. And uh, didn't really have to stay till midnight or one in the morning or not, none of that stuff. And it came together really nicely. And uh, we built it for that um, for the American Super Jeep Challenge, which was a blast. Uh, initially, it, and it was it was a little lame, but it was pretty cool. And it was just like a big car show. <laughs> and you know, you just static display. You put the hood open. You know, hey, that, I'll bet that Jeep could really perform. Well, they changed the game. Didn't really tell anybody. Um, we got a last-minute uh, email that, hey, it's not going to be in West Palm Beach, which is only four and a half hours away for us. It's going to be at the King of the Hammers in California, which is 36 right. hours away. Right, <laughs> and that was that was because initially you did, like you did the, was it what, uh, one of the rounds, right? Like you you built it initially for one of the rounds, and uh, and it won. Um, and then, but this was kind of like the grand finale round out in, uh, at KOH, right? Yeah, we built it initially, uh, originally, um, they had the championship, which they started with the championship in West Palm beach, uh, during supercar week, which was really cool. And, uh, and we just finished a Jeep up just for that. Then we got the phone call about the show the day before Thanksgiving and, uh, it was all on the telephone. They were, they were explaining to me. Well, Mark, who's one of the promoters, was explaining to me the premise of the show, um, how it was going to air. Uh, they were trying to get builders from Florida or the Southeast to 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 uh, to attend it, and they didn't tell you who was who was involved. And then as you as as it progressed and got closer to the date, then we kind of found out some of the different shops that were going to be involved. 
and uh, and uh, we came actually the first show we came in second, and then the first regional show which was Panama City, we came in first on that one. We we spent about a week and a half to two weeks, made some changes to the Jeep. We put a cam uh, a nice cam in it, uh, stall converter. Uh, Matson had had shipped us out the uh, the fenders and the fender flares for the rear, and did a few other things. Uh, Milestar gave us uh, some tires, and we we um, we we use those, and then uh, we also changed the wheels as well to try to get away from the, the more modern look, a little a little more militaryish look. We we added to it. Well, I don't know military, but a little cooler wheel, and uh, and and definitely we did well at that show. We won. And then, uh, and then, and King of the Hammers was a championship for 2019, um, and uh, we came in third for that. And uh, we would have placed higher had um, had it not been my Jeep. And uh, I didn't feel that the customer, who was my landlord, would appreciate me bringing back his Jeep all tore up <laughs> um, <laughs> from, from 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 trying to to, to uh, uh, one of the the obstacles was turkey claw awesome run and uh i just wish that it wasn't so pretty because uh it would have been a blast we did attempt it and when we were starting to have a little trouble we 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 decided to at the advice of other people as well to to not complete it so that cost us points uh we still came in third and uh but being there and and that whole it's that was a lifetime experience to go to King of the Hammers with a Jeep, be on a TV show, run the the short course. They they let us have two hours. We had the short course, um, and we understand that the short course generates a hundred thousand dollars an hour, and we had it for two hours, and uh, and that was a, a an absolute blast. It was an honor to be able to run that, and then um, it was a. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, and our Jeep performed. It never broke. Um, we beat the tar out of it. I like to use another word. But we beat the tar out of it for, for a whole week <laughs> in the desert and uh, at night, in the daytime, uh, spectating, running. It just, it, it was a blast. Um, I'd like to try to get out there again, but it was uh, it was far. It was very expensive. <laughs> and uh and you need a lot of time. <laughs> we took For two sure. weeks off. Me and a, one of my one of my uh, my lead tech, we took two weeks off, and uh, it was a, a week, just about a week solid driving back and forth. And then we spent, uh, I think, five days. We spent there at, K- at KOH. Wow. And uh, yeah, it was it was amazing. And uh, and when you look back uh, this month, when you're home, you can't do anything. You're like, oh, I was so glad I got to experience that. The pictures, the videos, and uh, it, it, that 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 whole event's just nuts. It's it's amazing how many people attend it. It's amazing that that many people camp for a whole week or two weeks out in the desert. Um, and it definitely is water. a bucket list. It's definitely a bucket list item for for everybody to to be able to go and experience that. And I mean, Corey, you were out there with the CTI trailer, and and all the contestants had to had to get up on the trailer, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, we it's kind of the same thing as as Brad spoke to. We were we were contacted initially, and they wanted me to come out to to Florida, 
And timing wise, it was just going to be crazy trying to pull that off. And then we had uh, the winter four by four jamboree. I believe it was about like a week after their time frame in Florida. And then we kind of didn't know where things stood and hadn't heard from anybody. And then when when Tony and a, and a few of the other guys contacted me and said, hey, well, can we make King of the Hammers work? And I, you know, we've been going to KOH for, for many, many years. And I really hadn't planned on bringing the CTI trailer out there just because, as Matson, you know, we we have had a hit and miss. I mean, it's a it's a great thing to have for people, but it's more of a display item there. Otherwise, we get these crazy modified builds that really don't even fit on the trailer. They're not our customers. Um, it's fun for everyone, but it it just doesn't really play into what we we do. But we were asked to bring it out, and we didn't know how many contestants there would be. We had really very limited data, um, but it was it worked out really well. And Dave let us put the CTI trailer basically right in front of the monster stage in the middle of Hammertown, and we shot a lot of uh, the TV show. And I'm not even sure, Brad, do you know when that show is going to air? They said it was going to air April 4th. And then they mentioned when we were there that it could possibly get pushed into July because they were adding more content and they were, I think they were getting more sponsors, I believe. And then with everything going on now, I would probably say that might get pushed out a little, little bit further, but it's, um, but it's going to be an, an incredibly good TV show uh, between having Terry Madden and Courtney Hansen, and then actually having to physically use the Jeeps and where we were at. Uh, it, it, this show can only get better. And yeah, I'm anxious to see who, you know, who's going to be the next round of builders and, and what they're going to expect out of them. Because uh, the first round, uh, when we were doing it, you had a, uh, it was just a, a, such a big mix. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a good thing that some of the Jeeps that did, that did win didn't, you know, go out because it would have been a waste of time for them. Uh, like the one Liberty, uh, I forget, um, it's like a, uh, it was at SEMA, and it's that, uh, it's like a, uh, a rat rod Jeep. Mm-hmm. Uh, no right. travel, really slammed to the ground. It would have been a waste of time for that guy. It, they would have maybe done a couple things, and that would have been it. And then uh, I understand there was a, a beautiful old CJ, set, uh, I think either, either CJ5 or 7, uh, that was in uh, Ohio, I believe, that, a winner in Ohio. And chrome shocks and just I think the guy spent thirty years building this thing and they need to wow. killed it in an hour. Yeah. Well I wonder if they'll um, change the regionals and make them less of a car show and more of a interactive. I mean it would be it, it's too bad we couldn't have the CTI trailer at every regional, but there's just gonna be no way for that to happen. But you know, that would be an interesting right. part of it. Um although we do well, have those airbags, Corey, I could always send those out <laughs> to somebody. Right. <laughs> when we had and, and and Tony May and I had actually talked about the possibility of that, but of course that was before, um, that was prior to March, and uh, who knows what the the future holds for it. But I agree, and and they they talked to us quite a bit about making it more functional and and testing the functionality of these rigs rather than like Brad said, some of them were basically car show winners. Um, so yeah, I don't know, maybe the future looks a little bit different for the show. I, I don't know. I think it's going to end up being a, a successful series. Uh, I don't know how the the car show aspect from the, 
the the uh, all the episodes that they filled prior to the KOH. Um, I know that I believe they're going to air those, and I'm hoping that we're going to be the first one aired because we were the first show after when when the regional show started. We were the first first winner and the first show. So I'm anxious to see if we are the first TV show. And then I know that the the uh, championship show that that's probably going to air. You know, I would think, you know, after they're all done showing the regional shows, but sure. I think uh, everybody got a lot of good airtime, and um, the uh, the rigs that came out the KOH well balanced. It was they were all very functional. Um, most of them did did well. If they didn't do well, it's because uh, like uh, the one JL from from Superlift, they had just done a motor conversion uh, using the LT platform with their eight speed and they, they were just kind of dialing it in and they were having some issues. Uh, I believe they had a, uh, I know that an Atlas in it, and I forget if it was a four speed or two speed Atlas, but the shifters, they didn't have the shifters cause they were, they didn't, they weren't ready yet for the J for the JL. So they had the trans case in place, but they couldn't get it in the four wheel drive. So that oh, was no. the one thing that hampered them. Yeah. And then another gentleman, awesome guy, um, uh, RJD motorsports, um uh Rodney I believe it is super super awesome guy and he had a fuse blow on his uh compressor for his ARB that took him out and then I think he also broke a U-joint that I didn't really hear about until after the fact but um but that kind of disqualified those two guys and uh the uh the winner and all that um uh, was uh Maybe not agreed on by everybody, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, because originally you're supposed to be able to drive your Jeep on the highway, right. the road, and wheel it and so on like that. And and I know we could do ours, and I know a lot of the other ones, you know, had no problem. So that was the one thing that was a little, uh, I don't know, we were a little disappointed, but just being there, being a part of it, and uh, and representing Metal Cloak. Um, it, it was it was it was awesome well it, well, it cool sounds like a out. true sounds like a yeah. true modern jeeper moment yes yeah i mean that's what's a what's a better place than to to take a, a rig uh especially to johnson valley during king of the hammers um <laughs> half the rigs that come out there during that week aren't finished being built yet so it's kind of it just fits that some rigs are are ready and some aren't <laughs> that's right yeah <laughs> that's right yeah so with with so back to your shop and your your business um what so like right now i mean you have you have builds in and and uh what's what's your favorite build you're doing right now right now we have an 86 cj7 for for an older gentleman a local guy and we're doing the uh and it's a relatively stock jeep but with, with a brand new LS3 with a 6L80 transmission, that one's just about finished. Uh, that's a really cool one. A uh, uh, really nice couple. They bought a, um, a 2006 uh, Ruby, uh, uh, TJ Rubicon, really low miles, nice little Jeep, but they bought it from someone that lived right by the ocean. So the frame had scale rust and just – so we took it all apart had the frame blasted, painted the body and everything. We're just, guys are just now putting that back together. That's a cool little job. Um, I like that the motor conversions are a lot of fun. That, that CJ7 uh, is going to be a blast. 
it's real tire fryer. It's going to just have all kinds of, <laughs> yeah. You know, I have not heard that term, stuff. tire fryer. I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then the LG that we got have coming in with the with the LS3 and the, the that five speed manual, that's going to be a that's going to be a hoot to drive. I mean, uh, that's going to be fun. So do you do? Um, a, I mean, is that your like your bread and butter? Or are these these engine conversions and restorations? That's still now, your bread and butter. Right now, I, I would say the 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 quick in and out jobs, lift kits, wheels, tires, repairs. That's the daily that that generates revenue for sure the big jobs are a lot of fun and uh but they do take time and uh and they hours it just seems like you can never charge quite enough to cover all your hours and um i love them but but our bread and butter is definitely uh the quick in and out the, the jeeps are come in for a day or two and they leave those are our our our, our biggest you know biggest winners um, but the, uh, and we, we used to do a lot of fab work. It, it's, it's tough to, to do that and, um, and pay the guys at the end of the week and, and, and so on. So, so we still do <laughs> right. a bit of it, but we, it, it, there's a happy balance right now. Uh, well, that's, so, a, that, that's the same way we are at Cloakworks. It's like, you can do, you know, and our team can do the most amazing custom builds you want, but, we don't focus on that. We don't promote that. We don't really even push that. It's it's the in and out, bolt on, you know, easy builds, you know, long arm kits, stuff like that, that get the bills paid and get the employees paid. Um, the other, you start getting into the heavy fab jobs, and they're just ultimately you end up losing money. You you do. Um, it's great to get your name out, and 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 great for 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 showing, and and it's always nice to have a really sweet rig, you know, parked out front of the shop. So when people walk through the door, they they kind of pass that and then and then come inside. We usually keep the midnight scrambler out in front of the shop. Um, funny, the owner that we built it for, he drove it one time. Actually, I'm sorry, twice. Uh, once up a hill, and then once to take it home, and that was about it. And uh, we, we plan on selling it, and we're actually going to build another one for him. Um, my, my landlord is a huge Jeep freak. Wow. Nice. Excellent. That's good. Yeah. Could, could have a better, <laughs> yeah. Great fit. <laughs> um, he actually bought two of these growlers, these military growlers. Oh, yeah. We were supposed to look at them. They're cool as heck. But we were supposed to look at them. They were out in Yucca Valley. Uh, oh, yeah. And he was having them shipped back, or we were supposed to look at them and hopefully fit one of them on the trailer to bring back. Ended up being we didn't have to go out there. But, um, but he he just got two of those, and uh, we did we did a, a bit of work on one of them, and uh, but those things are cool. Diesel engine, full wheel steering. They, they they don't they have the rear steer uh, welded, so you, uh, I guess they were they were rolling them over. The military was, um, but what a cool. They were rear ride. steer rigs. I had no idea. Front and rear, yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, no lockers. Um, kind of a real narrow track. But uh, you can fit them. I'm sure they can fit in, in between the woods really, really nice and easily. Air ride suspension. You can alter the the ride heights. Um, really cool ride rigs and uh, built pretty well. And 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 a lot of off the shelf parts. When you look at the uh, at the uh, the manual for it, it's it's a little bit from everybody. Like General Motors transmission. The diesel. I'm not sure who that came from. I think the differentials. I believe are Chrysler. 
uh, it's just a hodgepodge of just yeah it's pretty wow. wild but but pretty cool definitely cool so what are you going to do with them but, uh, just restoring them or uh no they're actually in nice shape they're not very old uh one is a lot better shape than the other uh i guess have fun war games <laughs> <That's what laughs> <I'm doing, right? laughs> i think he's putting a gun on one of them um, nice the uh hmm. yeah uh it, of course when you have a lot of jeeps typically you have a lot of guns too and he just happens to have the federal firearms for automatic weapons so he has mm. he has a lot of cool stuff oh wow uh, so in other words right now he's a good guy to know in case the, the <laughs> right. shit hits the man right, mm. <laughs> great right maybe now. he knows something oh, we yeah. don't know all right where can we get these growlers <laughs> <laughs> right that's another funny thing is you know working on jeeps uh we have two big gun stores in town and they're they're great customers customers of ours and uh one of them i think is is probably one of the larger gun stores in the nation has a huge inventory but uh but like when everything started to go down and people are waiting in lines for for ammo and this and that one phone call hey uh could use some nine millimeter and uh <laughs> at the end of the day it, it's delivered wow for better service than that oh yeah, yeah. like matt yeah. said that good good people to know for sure <laughs> very good people to know absolutely the cheap people in general <laughs> the uh it's uh oh yeah definitely a, a great great crowd well, that's awesome. So, you know, it's, it's interesting that you've, you know, as Corey said before, you, you're marketing, you go to the, the, the boat owners, cause obviously that's a big thing in the area you live in and, and, and they of course have money generally and, uh, and want to build up their Jeeps. So like you say, they park the boats, what are they going to do? You know, go ride the Jeep. I remember being out in, uh, at Jeep beach my first year. And I tell this story multiple times, multiple people, and they're probably tired of hearing it, but it was a, a a guy out there at the KOH, and he had the big diesel pusher motorhome with the big matching two story trailer. And you know, he pulled out his his JK was in there, right? His big four door JK, and then he he dropped down. And his second car that was in the two story trailer was his matching lime green Lamborghini. Oh, <clears> and nice. it, it, for him, he was a Southern Florida guy, and and his business was uh, securing homes for the hurricanes. So he he had a high-end clientele and he said i'd rather have a corvette but the clientele i have expects me to be driving a lamborghini but it was funny too because <laughs> he would during the day of jeep beach he drove around in the jeep he'd come back in he'd park have dinner and then like after dinner 9 nine thirty, all of a sudden you'd hear the lamborghini start up as he started heading out for the night and uh and going back but yeah so it's that it's that that clientele out there that can get there and play with it and afford it and build up their jeep so that's that's a very cool market you find for yourself absolutely yeah we do uh we do two of the bigger ones the fort lauderdale boat show which is probably one of the largest in the world it's and they have uh uh an area set aside where they have exotic cars and um and we've been doing that show since 2007 and uh it's an incredible venue and a lot of people don't understand that you know, boat owners they're outdoorsmen typically uh, or they're extremely wealthy one or the other so uh, <laughs> and 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 they want a jeep they either want a jeep to cruise around go to the boat in tow their some people want to try to tow the boat with it um a vacation car to have you know down south or in the islands or something like that so the first boat show i did 
was West Palm Beach in 2006. And we walked away with three pretty good-sized orders. And one of them was a Scrambler, another was a CJ7, and another was like a stock kind of CJ7 uh, restore for a, for a young kid. And um, and then it just kind of grew and grew and grew. Um, but the, the the a lot of folks think, we're going to a boat show? Yeah. We're the only Jeeps there, so there's no other competition. And um, and like you say, if they have money to plunk down in a boat, a Jeep is nothing. And uh and nowadays it's it's grown even even uh with the with the four doors and so on. Um it's 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 uh we have a little competition now at the shows, but it's that South Florida Jeep builder kind of people. Mm. And um there's really no comparison um functional to you you better never get like a gravel lot you better be careful <laughs> um yeah so um, it, you know it's interesting because that there was an article that i posted on modernjeeper.com not one of our articles but it was from autos.yahoo.com and it basically said that even in this time of of um, of people being stuck inside and, um, and, you know, isolated and thinking about the world a little bit differently, that Jeep interest is rising. Um, are you getting a sense of that out in your area from the, from the local dealerships or are they all just suffering right now and, and not doing anything? Or is there, is there a general sense that more people are, are is flocking back towards the Jeep? Well, I heard the same thing. I heard that, that people are home and I heard that, um, that there's a lot of gained interest in, 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 in Jeep vehicles, the people that didn't have them. Um, so it's, it, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens after this is all over. If, if I'm sure that when it's, if we're going to have an adjustment period and I'm kind of trying to gear myself towards that both mentally and, and, and the shop wise. Um, Cause I, I think that it's going to run, this whole thing's going to run its course. And, and my guess it's probably going to be another month. And then it, it just won't be like, hey, everything's open after that. It'll be a gradual uh people gradually start to get out. They're gonna gradually start to to uh to buy vehicles again. Um I don't think it's gonna it, it, they have to get their jobs back. It's it's really right. sad what's happening. Um but I think it, it's I think in the end the whole definitely in the United States, we're gonna be stronger when this is over than you know, than in a lot of years. And I'm hoping that the manufacturing outside the United States, that's thought, you know, people think long and hard um, where you decide to set your headquarters up or your manufacturing, you know, um, because I know when this is all over, I'm probably not going to buy a lot of stuff that comes out, you know, from overseas. <laughs> I'm going to definitely right. support, you know, Right. You know our country. You know here, mm. and and try to keep the money here, and 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 for two th two reasons. One is I think that you know we need it, and and it needs to come, you know come back here, and and two is um, I, I want to you know I I don't trust <laughs> what I over overseas. After all this, my trust has has severely you know Wayne, if I see well a tag. Yeah, made in China. It's uh, yeah. It'll know. be interesting. It'll, it'll be interesting to see what what happens and what changes. You know, Corey kind of thinks to me about the about the tech tip of the week and something that Brad could definitely um, 
chime in on and you too, because you are both done this uh, even recently is, is, is right now, maybe some people have, have less money and they might want to be buying themselves a Jeep or get themselves a nice used Jeep and uh, not necessarily go through a dealership. So, you know, maybe uh, we can talk about like tips for buying a used Jeep. Definitely have it looked over before you plunk down that money. Um, I know we do pre-purchase inspections and uh, we see a lot of, um, a lot of junk out there. Um, so you definitely want to do your homework, you know, look at the frame. Definitely don't only look at the top of the Jeep. People, a lot of folks get in it and they say, Oh, it's got new tires and it's got shiny paint and uh, Oh, it's pretty clean inside, but definitely look it over really, really, really well. We see a lot of folks, they get, they, they, Poor, poor people, they, they buy this Jeep and then they didn't realize that the frame was nearly rusted in half and 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 it just, it crushes them. Um, it could crush you two ways. Crush your your, 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 your your pocketbook and also crush you because you were under the Jeep and the frame was, was bad. Um, but yeah, I can't, we definitely I recommend... Mean, I can't imagine uh, some of the things that are coming that, you know, paint hides so many things. And I think the average buyer um, and Jesse has seen this as well, going into auto auctions and things like that, where we see stuff that it, it, it's, it's putting lipstick on a, what's that saying? Um, lipstick on a pig. It's, it's really kind <laughs> of unfortunate because a lot of things are, are able to be hidden from an average purchaser who thinks, man, this thing's so clean. Well, a lot of old Jeeps typically aren't clean naturally, so a lot of times I think they're trying to hide things. But before you spend that good, that hard-earned money, um, take it to a mechanic, take it to somebody that knows, and and never be pressured into buy something that you're being you're being told is is, is in immaculate condition and things like that. It's just there's there's so many things you can hide, and without a real trained eye or a mechanic to look at the functionality and I mean, we've seen stuff where you can stick a screwdriver through the frame rails, like, <laughs> but the paint yeah. is clean, oh, yeah. you know, and, oh, it's bad. We had, we had one customer, they, they bought a, is a TJ and, um, and we asked him, did you look at this Jeep? Did you look underneath? Oh, my husband looked underneath. It, it looked great. It was black and looked good and everything. Someone had taken fiberglass and they fiberglass over the holes and stuff on the frame and they painted it all black. And when we got the Jeep, it looked horrible. And I can't, I can't understand how a year ago it actually looked good. Um, so yeah, definitely, uh, definitely have it checked out. And, and it's, it's, it's happened quite a bit. Uh, people do some, some really shady stuff sometimes. And, and sure. unfortunately, a lot of times it's on a Jeep. Uh, well, I get messages a lot from people that ask me my opinion. What do you think about this Jeep? I'm like, okay, the outside looks great. But me, I don't want to look at the inside or the outside. I want to go underneath it and check everything. That's my first thing. Even when I go to use car lot, I'm like, oh, look how nice the interior and stuff is. I'm like, no, I want to go underneath. They're like, what? I'm yeah. Like, yeah. Absolutely. The interior yeah. is the... The interior is the cheap things to replace. <laughs> right. Well, and you have, you have two we, factors there too, because you have the the shape of the Jeep itself. But and I, I tell people this all the time who send me an image like, hey, what do you think this build? And it's, you know, some lifted Jeep and it's it's had something on it. It's got some other parts on it. And like, 
The problem with building somebody else's completed build is you might be buying somebody else's problems. Absolutely. And you don't know what those problems are. And you could be spending more money to have somebody like Brad go out there and fix those problems than it would have cost simply to, to get a stock rig and build it up. Mm-hmm. That's funny because that's what we, usually like a customer will ask or someone will ask us, hey, what should I look for? Look for a Jeep that was driven by a little old lady. Stock, <laughs> don't buy it lifted. And then do all that stuff yourself. And you guarantee you're going to have a good Jeep. It's going to give you many years of service. We see a lot of the lifted rigs. And not that they're bad, but you you have, I, I think, like a Jeep that's been lifted and, and wheeled and stuff like that should be purchased by an experienced cheaper because otherwise you're paying us to, to fix it, this and fix that. And, fix, and it, like you'd mentioned, Madison, it gets very expensive and you can have repair bills that are just like, wow, blow you away. And then we always find that the person that, that buys a Jeep and they do everything at their own pace, they're not pressured, but they, they say like they save up new wheels and tires and then they save up and do gears or they do whatever, um, do that at one time. But when they break it up a little bit, it just seems like they're a lot happier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get that that the guy that's got deep pockets, do it all. You know, we're gonna thirty grand to spend. You know, a brand new Jeep, and I want everything on it. Great, but but typically, um, the person that builds them up over a period of time, they tend to keep their Jeep. They they they're happier. They don't feel like their um, their wife's hounding them because they have like a gazillion dollar Jeep in the driveway. Um, <laughs> We all know nobody actually knows what the guy has in the Jeep. <laughs> right, right. Well, and there's that, yeah. there's that, that, that joy. I think too. And we tell people this all the time who who want to buy all the parts at once. Like, hey, you know what? You especially with the TV, TJ. You know, get the fenders first, and then throw your bigger tires on there, and go out and play with it. You know, then put the lift on and go out and play with it. Yeah. Like, there's nothing more enjoyable about your rig than feeling it evolve and be able to talk about that and and when you're out jeeping because you know you, you and i both know you go out jeeping i don't care who you are you go out wheeling somebody's gonna come up to you and go hey wow what's this what's that and, and what did you do here and, and it's 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 a great part of that conversation to be able to say yeah i did this and and this is you know and i added this and i and i did the lift and and i my you know the difference of my capability was x just being able to talk about it and talk about the experience. And it's, it's just part of that joy of making that Jeep truly yours. Absolutely. The, um, we, we find the same thing and, and, and they're always the happier people and they, they appreciate it. They, and, and we always find that if, if you try to hard sell them and try to push all that product on them, you're going to get one sale out of the guy, the guys, uh, and, and they're going to know by talking to other people that you really tried to, to push a lot of product on them. And we find that if we just ease into it, sit down, and we usually we have to sit down with the customer, usually between 45 minutes to an hour when they come in, because they're in our area, there are some places a wheel, but there's not a bunch. And you usually have to travel. And you, you, for a good wheeling, you have to travel at least six to eight hours. Um, we have a, a, a place in Ocala that's an hour and a half away. That's pretty good, but it's a small place. It's not a you know, so so one day you're done. Um, so we always tell folks, hey, if if you're gonna build a Jeep and you're gonna put 42 inch tires on it, you're gonna get bored in Florida. There's not a lot of places to wheel. Like you, you're gonna have to to travel all the time. And uh, so we always say, you know, um, a, a new Jeep buyer to to like you mentioned, Madison, go ahead, do little mods. You know, 
see where you want to be with it. Don't, you know, don't just push a bunch of stuff on them. Um, you know, people so look at, to... people look at my TJ and, and I've, I've been building spike for 18 years and yeah, pe- people go, well, I want that. Well, you know what? Pe- people that have just bought a Jeep, they don't really know what they want. They don't have enough seat time in it to really understand what it is they like, dislike. They see something, whether it's in a magazine or a friend of theirs and they think, yeah, that's what I want. And then they get in it and they're not happy. So I think a lot of that goes back to, yeah, they got to spend some time and kind of figure out what they enjoy doing and, and where they want to go. Um, Jeep builds are never done. And I think that's why the interest, especially right now when folks are bored, they're stuck at home, the the wrench in place that, that Metal Cloak's got going on, all of the articles on modernjeeper.com, we kind of have tried to play into Look, these these small things are small things you can do. You don't have to have a, a a blank check and and buy into these multi thousand dollar builds all at once. You can make it the way you want it over time. Absolutely, absolutely. We uh, we see the same thing. Uh, it's um, everybody wants that guy to come in, you know, and spend the twenty five thirty grand. But it's 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 in my opinion it's nice having the people that really appreciate that have to work for it and you do it little you know little at a time or um you know just it just seems like they're a lot happier. It turns out it is a hobby. <laughs> it is a hobby, yeah, yeah. Yes, and they're happy at home too. They don't have their spouse on them either. I remember, right. hobby ho- hobby is just a few letters away from happy. That's it. That's it. I that I that's just right. I just thought of that. I'm gonna put it on a little bumper sticker. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. So and when you can get the the spouse into it, it's even better. Then you have the blank. Uh, then, then you're good. Then you got the then, blank. Then you are awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You, did you were about to say blank yeah. check? Blank. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so, funny. Well, we let's... have some some female customers that come in, and. uh and they want to lift their Jeep and do this and this, do that. And the husband could care less. <laughs> and, uh, and that's happened more than once. And it's, a, it blows me away that, you know, and, and uh, they'll go out wheeling. The, 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 the wife will go out, join a Jeep club and she's out wheeling. And I, was, I don't know where he's at. <laughs> well, it reminds but, uh, me of, uh, Corey of our, our first year doing modern Jeep or Moab and, uh, oh, and I forget her name, the wonderful lady with the two door JK. And um, she had come all the way from Texas to Moab to wheel with Modern Jeeper Adventures. And her husband came out with her, but he was with a bike group. So he was out, he was going through Moab as a biker and she had her Jeep. It was, uh, it was was awesome. And she just had a grand old time and just, just loved it. But her husband had no interest. She was into it. She, she had lots of questions, technical questions and installation questions. And now that was hers. That's, that's what she was into. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's funny when we were at a KOH, I seen not just one, but a lot of Jeeps that you, you, you read about, you see on Instagram, um, mischief maker, met her. Awesome. Awesome girl. Uh, Grubicon that, 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 uh, two door JL that, uh, I think uh, built, I believe, up in Tennessee. Um, saw that out at, at KOH driving by, and uh, and then uh, we were wheeling one evening, and we were uh, parking to walk up to uh, uh, 
back door. Uh, no, I'm sorry, turkey claw. And a, a woman in a in a Ford or JK from Georgia was right in front of us. And uh, and luckily uh, she didn't go to the top of turkey claw. Um, that that's another tip. Don't wheel at night in at KOH unless you plan on destroying the roof. Bad things happen at night. <laughs> oh my God! I saw it uh, uh, and at the top where she was down at the bottom trying to make her way up. At the top, stuck in between two big, huge rocks, was a brand new uh, JL Rubicon, and this uh, buggy had tried to take a line on the driver's side of the JL, end up rolling onto the JL. And wow. uh, and of course you saw you know <laughs> the aftermath, a couple oh, fights, no. and then uh, you know it, yeah it was crazy. Um, yeah, don't wheel at night, okay? <laughs> unless you plan. <laughs> well, you know, wheeling at night has its own set of parameters, and and going with a group and and having a good spotter and there's a whole nother, that's we do a whole show on that, Corey. You know, especially right. when you do have a spotter and it's like you've got your bright lights in his eyes and he can't see you and you think he can see you and he can't see you and you still you you know uh, I've I've seen a few um a few uh incidents over the time sure. at wheeling at night. So sure. well, hey, uh <laughs> you know, it that's it, awesome. So when it comes down to it as far as buying a rig have somebody inspect it. There's plenty of shops out there and they'd be all happy to take a look at something before you drop the coin. And that's true about any used vehicle. You know, it's, it's, you can even do that with a, uh, I remember I was selling a Honda when I was like in my early twenties little, and the guy wanted to buy it, had me go down to his mechanic and, and had him inspect it uh, before he bought it. You know, it was a smart thing to do. Um, and you know, it's, it's easy to do. Just have somebody inspect the rig before you drop the coin. Well, I think this is another great episode of the Modern Jeeper Show. What do you think, Corey? Absolutely. I will throw out there that the folks that do have good credit and still have good income, uh, Jeep now 0% for 84 months, no payments for 90 days. Wow. Um, Yeah. Uh, For the folks who can afford it and don't want to buy into that used vehicle, maybe it's a time for a new one. Wait a second. I got to call my wife about getting a Gladiator. Hold on. (laughs) Right, right. Gladiator. Eighty-four months. Think about it. You'll be, you know, I'm paying for it. You know, like uh, sometime in the distant future. Yeah, exactly. eighty-four months. 84 I can't months. That's, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, to pay for a vehicle. <laughs> yeah. Well, and hopefully you're like my wife, and who's very good at this, and and God bless her, but she always pays things. Like we're the minivan paid off early. She pays everything off early when she can, right? And but it's nice to be able to know that when you can't, you have the option. True. So yeah, smart on smart on Jeep and uh, the other dealers to and other banks and others to to really get on board and make sure, like you said, Brad, we're all in this together. That's right. And as Absolutely. modern Jeepers, we are all into this together. Um, you know, we'd love to hear your stories and what you're doing. In fact, there's a post on Modern Jeeper Forum where I ask the question, like, how is it affecting you? Um, tell tell our stories. Share share with us. Um, how things affect you. And maybe in next episode, uh, Corey and I will share some of those stories out there. Uh, and yes. we've talked about this before. Maybe we have an opportunity to bring some of our guests on as guests or some of our, our fans on as guests of the Modern Jeeper Show. What do you think, Corey? There you go. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Cool, cool. So get out there, sh- you know, go to the Modern Jeeper Forum, share with us your stories, and uh, we might just bring you on the show. 
Well, again, Brad, thank you so much. Um, we've always appreciated your your patronage and your support and your professionalism, and uh, your customers seem to love you, and that's a that's a good thing. And I appreciate uh, it, Madison. Well, and and hopefully we can get out there and might and we might ever see everybody in October in Florida again. That you would be a good know. time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. Hopefully, hopefully we see you out here. It'd be great. Yeah, that if would be not, good. We'll uh, we'll meet up someplace. Absolutely. I know uh, we're all itching to get out there, get out Absolutely. of the house. Well, we've so, we've talked about it too. Maybe we'll do like a virtual like a virtual meetup. Like, I, I don't know, Corey. Could we do this? Could we use Could we use something like Zoom to do a virtual car show? <laughs> everybody huh, just everybody everybody point their their Jeep, you know their 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 camera at their vehicle, and then you just kind of peruse through it. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, let's let's we'll think about it. Yeah. Well, anything you want to add, Corey? No, I think we're good. Jesse, how about you? No, just keep on doing your builds. Keep working. Stay positive. Stay positive. Absolutely. Absolutely. Stay positive. Thank you again, Brad. And thank you to all of our modern Jeeper fans everywhere. Stay positive. Stay safe. And we will definitely, one of these days, see you on the trails. Cheers. Excellent. This podcast will self-destruct in five, four, three, two, one.